Jim, thanks so much for the chance to chat with you. I really appreciate it. Yeah, for sure. No problem. Um, the feather is hilarious. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. How did the feather come to be? So the feather started in 2018, five years ago. I started it myself, just a, just a solo journey. I started as a comedy blog at thefeather.ca. And I really want to explore how Indigenous people were represented in the news and just start, you know, start some laughter. Because at the time, there wasn't that much in the space of Indigenous satire news-wise. I mean, there's Walkie Eagle News by Tim Fontaine, and he's still going. But uh, there wasn't that much people doing it, I found. So I thought, thought what the heck, I'll throw my uh, hat into the ring and see where it goes. And uh, people started responding well to it. Uh, so it's kind of like it's fake news. It's kind of like the onion. Uh, you know, it's like the clown version of real news. So and then a few months after that, we started introducing a video component to it all. I, I worked with two other stand up comedians in Saskatoon. Yeah, that's my background. And that was theirs. Uh, Danny Knight and Sean Cuthan. And we started uh, uploading videos to YouTube and started generating some likes and follows. People started really liking it. And we started getting grants. And then we hired a. Uh, uh, an editor, Musquilara, who's just our—he's just a technical genius. He's amazing. Brings all our brings all of our stuff together, makes them look good on camera, and so everything just snowballed from there. Uh, you know, of course, the pandemic hit that slowed the industry down, but we were like a small enough bubble to keep working and kind of uh, develop our own voice, I guess. You know, and develop like the themes and the outline for the show. Until 2021, where we gained this partnership with APTN, and so we can actually build it into what uh, what uh, you saw right there is a TV show. Uh, but we're still working on it. You know, we want to develop into uh, you know maybe a half hour show one day in front of a live audience. So we still got plans for uh, you know bigger and better stuff for the feathers. So that's the that's the that's the journey so far. I wondered that because it feels like it's something that can go so many different places and. A live audience would be a wonderful add-in for this sort of comedy. It works so well. Yeah, we'd love, like, that's one thing we were hoping for season two. I think season three will try incorporating some kind of live audience aspect because you're right. Yeah, it would uh, be so fun to do it, you know, and we're stand-up comedians, you know, that's our trade and we're used to being in front of an audience. So it'd be good to have that back and forth, you know, to see how that would translate to the screen. So it's it's coming. It's coming. We're working on it. I like that. That's true. I never even thought of that. But as stand-ups, I mean, you would have to have a relationship with an audience is so different than having it with a camera. Um, and yeah. that would bring such life to it. Uh, I love the angle news you can trust if you dare. Um, I, I think that's such a great, a great slogan. I was wondering for you, uh, how do you find the balance of truth and humor? Because there's a lot of truth underneath the satire here. Um, it, it's, it's a very honest show and at the same time, very funny. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can, uh, speak about my own writing process. So there's four writers. There's myself, Sean, Danny, and Moscow. We're like the four main writers of it all. Uh, and when it comes to balancing truth and humor, what we, so what we used to do is when we did our YouTube show, we would do our own research when we did our monologues and stuff like that. And more often than not, we would be wrong because we're just not good researchers. And uh, so when we when we approach this, we actually hired research producers who have academic backgrounds. So every episode has its 
its own underlying theme, you know, whether it's uh, uh, whether it's the RCMP or whether it's how economies work on reserves. So we gave our research producers these research questions that we really want to understand these subjects a bit more because, uh, you know, I, like, yeah, going back to myself as a writer, I find I can write better if I'm more informed about the subject that I'm approaching. If I understand the angle better, right, I can, you know, have a more a nuanced outlook on writing the joke. And uh, so that kind of translates to our writing room. How do we balance that that truth and humor? It be, it comes from an informed position because we understand better. We have these academic people looking at these subjects and we have uh, them researching that for us. So we did that before we hit the writer's room. And then we came up with the outline and we came up with the sketches and we kind of built it around uh, what the researchers found out for us. So that's how we balance that truth and humor. So we came at it at an informed angle, but we uh, wanted to make sure it was funny at its core, right? Because it's it's a comedy show. So kind of have fun with the truth in this show. So it's uh, th that that's how we balance that so far. I, I, I love that because they're, they're, like I said, I mean, we're talking about things like, you know, systemic oppression, police brutality, um, yeah. you know, cultural appropriation, like these are all massive, massive topics. And you laugh at them in a way that, I don't know, it, it, it changes the conversation a little bit. Um, and it, it never mocks the issue, but I, I, I it's, it's difficult to explain, but it's done so well. Mm -hmm. I'm wondering for you, you, what do you think the power of humor is for, to create these conversations, the power of satire? It is. It's it's very powerful. I find uh, humor in general and comedy is a way you can disarm your audience, you know, and it's a uh, it's an avenue in which you can reach them, which you wouldn't otherwise. You know, we live in a they say we live in a very polarized society, um, and uh, people are living in their own corners ideologically and stuff like that. So how do you get them all to, you know, connect and talk about an issue? And a way to do that is you can disarm people with comedy uh, using satire. And, and and what's what's what may be difficult to swallow through truth is better served through satire, I find. You know, uh, growing up, I used to watch The Daily Show with Jon Stewart, right? And if there was a study online, I, I don't know, uh, where they found that the viewers of The Daily Show were more informed than the viewers of cnn and fox news and st stuff like that now it's a question between correlation or causation right you know is more informed viewers just watching the daily show or is the daily show making them more informed uh, so it's a question of that right but so there's so there's aspects of that like how you can uh present these issues of truth or uh have these difficult conversations um either through starting you know, something like the Feather News or something like The Onion or even this hour is 22 minutes, right? And, you know, I think that's an avenue where you can reach people which you wouldn't otherwise is by disarming them with comedy. And, uh, yeah, just like having fun with the truth. I know that uh, in one of our sketches, we um, uh, we re-envision a treaty signing and uh, we actually have a Cree language component to that. And uh, so we re-envision a treaty signing like how colonialists would uh, deal with uh, uh, the treaty signers in a comedic way, right? You know, and that, and it's kind of just like absurdist theater, right? It's it's uh, just really absurd. 
but it's kind of like an entry point where we could talk about treaties, right? Like, okay, watch this funny sketch we did, right? All right, now let's talk about treaties, right? And then people are like, oh, okay, you kind of like heard them in through comedy, then you could have this conversation. So there's examples like that. So that's that's kind of like just micro examples on what we do with the show. You know, it, it actually, uh, you mentioned, it actually reminds me a lot of, in, in the best of ways of the, especially of early 22 minutes, like the Rick Mercer years, because there's uh, there's moments where um, forgive me his name um, is it Loose Moose? Am I saying that right? Sean Loose Moose. Sean Loose Moose. Yes, yes. He, he does a and he does sort of a he almost does like a walking. It's I remember that Mercer used to do these things where he would walk and and co- uh, comment on an issue, uh, comment on an yeah. issue in a humorous way and just but keep it very focused. And he does that several times. And I thought, man, this is this is really great balancing of information and humor uh, at the same time in a, in a powerful way. I, I really am impressed with that. Um, yeah, I appreciate that. What we what we like how we formatted the show. It's it's six episodes, 15 minutes each. And so when we built the outline and we had a we kind of had a long conversation about this, right? It goes back to that balancing and truth and humor. How do we do that? And so what we did is, if you notice, every episode is uh, outlined in a way. You have your news updates. You have the fake commercial. You have an interview and stuff like that. So like the first 10 or 12 minutes is very like comedy focused. We're trying to get a lot of laughs. But then that last like three to five minutes where Danny or Sean do a monologue. It's kind of like that hard hitting outro. Okay. Like here's the truth behind the matter and stuff like that. Right. So that's where we wanted to like kind of trick the audience. Like, okay, this first 10, 12 minutes is all laughter, but this last like few minutes is like something you can walk away with, maybe have a conversation about. So that's how we wanted to format all the shows and hope, hopefully people, hopefully that resonates with people. Yeah. It hits different. I, I really appreciated that because like you said, talk talk about disarming, and those those ads are hilarious. Um, the the <laughs> yeah, one, thank you. they're I don't I, I don't I, I, without getting into them all, but I mean they're they're all they're all so great. And uh, but but you know the open the opening's so bouncy, and by the end it sort of it sort of focuses itself in uh, in a different way, and it, it really is it really is great. And I love the idea that you you say there about starting conversations. Um, and I was wondering about the response for the show. Have you have you noticed different conversations starting about or starting up about addition issues coming out of people who have seen the show? Uh, what has been the response from the indigenous population? Yeah, we haven't seen. Uh, we actually had a premiere in Toronto in October. Uh, we went to Imaginative, which is a film festival out there, and we actually got to see an audience reaction to one of our shows or one of our episodes, because, you know, for the past year and a half, we've just been making this in our own little bubble. It makes us laugh. We enjoy the content, you know, but is that going to translate to the audience as well? So we were really nervous when we premiered that episode, but we got a lot of good feedback. You know, it was, it was really surreal uh, being, we were actually in a movie theater when we premiered it. And I remember like, I was like kind of sitting close to the back and I was like watching the audience and I was like, just like nervous. I'm just like, are they going to laugh? And they they did they enjoyed it for the fifteen minute episodes and uh, and uh, so that was the first time you've seen people actually have a reaction to our show and it was uh, it was uh, yeah it was it was a relief seeing that they enjoyed it and uh, 
as far as conversations go, we haven't really seen uh, the reactions. It comes out in a few days here. So we're right. going to just keep our ear to it all. I can tell you that like in the past stuff, like our YouTube comments and even uh, comments on social media, uh, we, I, I can, this, this one article, somebody thought it was real. Like they thought we were like a real news show. And, uh, but they always get corrected in the comments by another commenter, not just us. They say, oh, this is fake. You got duped and stuff like that. And they're like, oh, okay. Uh, they're on the joke. But so they're in the past, people thought we have been real news. And uh, I hope people don't look at our videos and think it's real. So, uh, <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, I, I do hope that people can uh, walk away with, uh, I guess, a more nuanced understanding of uh, indigenous, indigenousness in Canada and maybe have a conversation. So uh, I look forward to it and see their reactions to it all. You know, I, I will just say too, you know, I really hope they don't think it's real because commercials about how to take down the RCMP, uh, you know, in the midst yeah. of uh, training sessions and whatnot. I'm like, do, do people think you, those don't exist. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's a testament to great filmmaking if it looks like a real true. commercial. So it's true. Yeah. It's true. Uh, honestly, um, uh, Ryan, it, the show is the show is a lot of fun. It's it, and thank you. I really appreciate the chance to chat with you, uh, Sean. The rest of the cast, they're all incredible. Um, but uh, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me, and I, I wish you the best. Hoping for season two. Oh. Thanks a lot. Yeah, we'll keep you updated, and uh, yeah, thanks for the chat, man. Any anytime you want, let me know. Absolutely. Thanks so much, Ryan. I appreciate it. Have a great day. Yeah, you betcha. See ya. Thanks.